part two chapter twelve part two of a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century by mary agnes clark chapter twelve stars and nebulae part two a fairly complete preliminary answer to the question what are the stars made of was given by sir william huggins in eighteen sixty four by laborious processes of comparison between stellar dark lines and the bright rays emitted by terrestrial substances he sought to assure his conclusions regardless of cost in time and pains he averred indeed that taking into account restrictions by weather and position the thorough investigation of a single star spectrum would be the work of some years of two however those of betelgeuse and alderbaran he was able to furnish detailed and accurate drawings the dusky flutings in the prismatic light of the first of these stars have not been identified with the absorption of any particular substance but associated with them are metallic lines of which seventy-eight were measured and a good many identified by huggins while the wavelengths of ninety-seven were determined by vogel in eighteen seventy one a photographic research made by keeler at the allegheny observatory in eighteen ninety seven convinced him that the linear spectrum of third type stars of the betelgeuse pattern essentially repeats that of the sun but with marked differences in the comparative strength of its components hydrogen rays are inconspicuously present that an exalted temperature reigns at least in the lower strata of the atmosphere is certified by the vaporization there of matter so refractory to heat as iron nine elements among them iron sodium calcium and magnesium were recognized by huggins as having stamped their signature on the spectrum of aldebaran while the existence in sirius and nearly all the other stars inspected of hydrogen together with sundry metals was rendered certain or highly probable this was admitted to be a bare gleaning of results nor is there reason to suppose any of his congeners inferior to our sun in complexity of constitution definite knowledge on the subject however made little advance beyond the point to which it was brought by huggins's early experiments until spectroscopic photography became thoroughly effective as a means of research in this as in so many other directions sir william huggins acted as pioneer in march eighteen sixty three he obtained microscopic prints of the spectra of sirius and capella but they told nothing no lines were visible in them they were mere characterless streaks of light nine years later dr henry draper of new york got an impression of four lines in the spectrum of vega then huggins attacked the subject again in eighteen seventy six when the eighteen-inch speculum of the royal society had come into his possession using prisms of iceland spar and lenses of rock crystal and this time with better success a photograph of the spectrum of vega 
showed seven strong lines still he was not satisfied he waited and worked for three years longer at length on december eighteen eighteen seventy nine he was able to communicate to the royal society results answering to his expectations the delicacy of eye and hand needed to obtain them may be estimated from the single fact that the image of a star had to be kept by continual minute adjustments exactly projected upon a slit one over three hundred and fifty of an inch in width during nearly an hour in order to give it time to imprint the characters of its analyzed light upon a gelatine plate raised to the highest pitch of sensitiveness but by this time he had secured in his wife a rarely qualified assistant the altered violet spectrum of the white stars of which vega was taken as the type was thus shown to be a very remarkable one a group of broad dark lines intersected it arranged at intervals diminishing regularly upward and falling into a rhythmical succession with the visible hydrogen lines all belonged presumably to the same substance and the presumption was rendered a certainty by direct photographs of the hydrogen spectrum taken by h w vogel at berlin a few months earlier in them seven of the white star series of grouped lines were visible and the full complement of twelve appeared on cornu's plates in eighteen eighty six in yellow stars such as capella and arcturus the same rhythmical series was partially represented but associated with a great number of other lines their state as regards ultraviolet absorption approximating to that of the sun while the redder stars betrayed so marked a deficiency in actinic rays that from betelgeuse with an exposure forty times that required for sirius only a faint spectral impression could be obtained and from aldebaran in the strictly invisible region almost none at all thus by the means of stellar light analysis acquaintance was first made with the ultraviolet spectrum of hydrogen and its harmonic character as expressed by balmer's law supplies a sure test for discriminating among newly discovered lines those that appertain from those that are unrelated to it delandre's five additional prominence rays for instance were at once seen to make part of the series because conforming to its law while a group of six dusky bands photographed by sir william and lady huggins april fourth eighteen ninety near the extreme upper end of the spectrum of sirius were pronounced without hesitation for the opposite reason to have nothing to do with hydrogen their true affinities are still a matter for inquiry as regards the hydrogen spectrum however the stars had further information in reserve until recently it was supposed to consist of a single harmonic series although by analogy three should coexist in eighteen ninety six accordingly a second bound to the first by unmistakable numerical relationships was recognized by professor pickering in spectrographs of the two point five magnitude star zeta pupus and the identification was shortly afterwards extended to prominent wolf rayet emission lines the discovery was capped by dr rydberg's indication of the wolf rayet blue band at lambda 
four thousand six hundred eighty eight as the fundamental member of the third and principal hydrogen series none of the pickering lines as they may be called to distinguish them from the huggins series can be induced to glimmer in vacuum tubes they seem to characterize bodies in a primitive state and are in many cases associated with absorption rays of oxygen the identification of which by mr maclean in eighteen ninety seven was fully confirmed by sir david gill the typical oxygen star is beta crucis one of the brilliants of the southern cross but the distinctive notes of its spectrum occur in not a few specimens of the helium class thus sir william and lady huggins photographed several ultraviolet oxygen lines in beta lyri and found in rigel signs of the presence of nitrogen which as well as silicium proves to be a tolerably frequent constituent of such orbs for some unknown reason metalloids tend to become effaced as metals in the normal course of stellar development exert a more and more conspicuous action dr schneider's spectrographic researches at potsdam in eighteen ninety and subsequently exemplify the immense advantages of self-registration in a restricted section of the spectrum of capella he was enabled to determine nearly three hundred lines with more precision than had then been attained in the measurement of terrestrial spectra this star appeared to be virtually identical with the sun in physical constitution although it emits according to the best available data about one hundred and forty times as much light and is hence presumably one thousand six hundred times more voluminous an equally close examination of the spectrum of betelgeuse showed the predominance in it of the linear absorption of iron but its characteristic flutings do not extend to the photographic region spectra of the second and third orders are for this reason not easily distinguished on the sensitive plate a spectrographic investigation of all the brighter northern stars was set on foot in eighteen eighty six at the observatory of harvard college under the form of a memorial to dr h draper whose promising work in that line was brought to a close by his premature death in eighteen eighty two no individual exertions could however have realized a tithe of what has been and is being accomplished under professor pickering's able direction with the aid of the draper and other instruments supplemented by mrs draper's liberal provision of funds a novel system was adopted or rather an old one originally used by fraunhofer was revived the use of a slit was discarded as unnecessary for objects like the stars devoid of sensible dimensions and giving hence a naturally pure spectrum and a large prism placed in front of the object glass analyzed at once with slight loss of light the rays of all the stars in the field their spectra were taken as it were wholesale as many as two hundred stars down to the eighth magnitude were occasionally printed on a single plate with a single exposure no cylindrical lens was employed the movement of the stars themselves was turned to account for giving the desirable width to their spectra the star was allowed by disconnecting or suitably regulating the clock to travel slowly across the line of its own dispersed light so broadening it gradually into a band excellent results were secured in this way about fifty lines appear in the photographed spectrum of aldebaran and eight in that of vega on january twenty sixth eighteen eighty six an exposure of thirty-four minutes a simultaneous impression was obtained of the spectra among many others 
of close upon forty pleiades with few and doubtful exceptions they all proved to belong to the same type an additional argument for the common origin of the stars forming this beautiful group was thus provided the draper catalogue of stellar spectra was published in eighteen ninety it gives the results of a rapid analytical survey of the heavens north of twenty five degrees of southern declination and includes ten thousand three hundred and fifty one stars down to about the eighth magnitude the telescope used was of eight inches aperture and forty-five focus its field of view owing to the portrait lens or doublet form given to it embracing with fair definition no less than one hundred square degrees an objective prism eight inches square was attached and exposures of a few minutes were given to the most sensitive plates that could be procured in this way the sky was twice covered in duplicate each star appearing as a rule on four plates the registration of their spectra was sought to be made more distinctive than had previously been attempted secchi's first type being divided into four his second into five subdivisions but the differences regarded in them could be confidently established only for stars above the sixth magnitude the work supplies none the less valuable materials for general inferences as to the distribution and relations of the spectral types the labor of its actual preparation was borne by a staff of ladies under the direction of mrs fleming materials for its completion to the southern pole have been accumulated with the identical instrument used at cambridge transferred for the purpose in eighteen ninety nine to peru and the forthcoming second draper catalog will comprise thirty thousand stars in both hemispheres as supplements to this great enterprise two important detailed discussions of stellar spectra were issued in eighteen ninety seven and nineteen o one respectively the first by miss a c maury dealt with six hundred and eighty one bright stars visible in the northern hemisphere the second by miss a j cannon with one thousand one hundred and twenty two southern stars both authors traced with care and ability the minute gradations by which the long process of stellar evolution appears to be accomplished the progress of the draper memorial researches was marked by discoveries of an unexampled kind the principle upon which motion in the line of sight can be detected and measured with the spectroscope has already been explained it depends as our readers will remember upon the removal of certain lines dark or bright it matters not which from their normal places by almost infinitesimal amounts the whole spectrum of the moving object in fact is very slightly shoved hither or thither according as it is travelling towards or from the eye but for convenience of measurement one line is usually picked out from the rest and attention concentrated upon it the application of this method to the stars however is encompassed with difficulties it needs a powerfully dispersive spectroscope to show line displacements of the minute order in question and powerful dispersion involves a strictly proportionate enfeeblement of light this where the supply is already to a deplorable extent niggardly can ill be afforded for which reason the operation of determining a star's approach or recession is even apart from atmospheric obstacles an excessively delicate one 
it was first executed by sir william huggins early in eighteen sixty eight selecting the brightest star in the heavens as the most promising subject of experiment he considered the f-line in the spectrum of sirius to be just so much displaced towards the red as to indicate the orbital motion of the earth being deducted recession at the rate of twenty-nine miles a second and the reality and direction of the movement were ratified by vogel and losse's observation march twenty two eighteen seventy one of a similar but even more considerable displacement the inquiry was resumed by huggins with improved apparatus in the following year when the velocities of thirty stars were approximately determined the retreat of sirius which proved slower than had at first been supposed was now announced to be shared at rates varying from twelve to twenty-nine miles by betelgeuse rigel castor regulus and five of the principal stars in the plough arcturus on the contrary gave signs of rapid approach as well as pollux vega deneb in the swan and the brightness of the pointers numerically indeed these results were encompassed with uncertainty thus arcturus is now fully ascertained to be travelling towards the sun at the comparatively slow pace of less than five miles a second and sirius moves twice as fast in the same direction the great difficulty of measuring so distended a line as the syrian f might indeed well account for some apparent anomalies the scope of sir william huggins's achievement was not however to provide definitive data but to establish as practicable the method of procuring them in this he was thoroughly successful and his success was of incalculable value spectroscopic investigations of stellar movements may confidently be expected to play a leading part in the unravelment of the vast and complex relations which we can dimly detect as prevailing among the innumerable orbs of the sidereal world for it supplements the means which we possess of measuring by direct observation movements transverse to the line of sight and thus completes our knowledge of the courses and velocities of stars at ascertained distances while supplying for all a valuable index to the amount of perspective foreshortening of apparent movement thus some even if an imperfect knowledge may at length be gained of the revolutions of the stars of the systems they unite to form of the paths they respectively pursue and of the forces under the compulsion of which they travel the applicability of the method to determining the orbital motions of double stars was pointed out by fox talbot in eighteen seventy one but its use for their discovery revealed itself spontaneously through the harvard college photographs in spectrograms of ursi majoris mizar taken in eighteen eighty seven and again in eighteen eighty nine the k line was seen to be double while on other plates it appeared single a careful study of miss a c maury of a series of seventy impressions indicated for the doubling a period of fifty-two days and showed it to affect all the lines in the spectrum the only available and no doubt the true explanation of the phenomenon was that two similar and nearly equal stars are here merged into one telescopically indivisible their combined light giving a single or double spectrum according as their orbital velocities are directed across or along our line of sight the movements of a revolving pair of stars must always be opposite in sense and proportionately equal in amount that is they all 
at times travel with speeds in the inverse ratio of their masses hence unless the plane of their orbits be perpendicular to a plane passing through the eye there must be two opposite points where their velocities in the line of sight reach a maximum and two diametrically opposite points where they touch zero the lines in their common spectrum would thus appear alternately double and single twice in the course of each revolution to that of mazar at first supposed to need one hundred and four days for its completion a period of only twenty days fourteen hours was finally assigned by vogel anomalous spectral effects probably due to the very considerable eccentricity of the orbit long impeded its satisfactory determination the mean distance apart of the component stars as now ascertained is just twenty two million miles and their joint mass quadruples that of the sun but these are minimum estimates for if the orbital plane be inclined much or little to the line of sight the dimensions and mass of the system should be proportionately increased an analogous discovery was made by miss maury in eighteen eighty nine but in the spectrum of beta aurigae the lines open out and close up on alternate days indicating a relative orbit with a radius of less than eight million miles traversed in about four days this implies a rate of travel for each star of sixty five miles a second and a combined mass four point seven times that of the sun the components are approximately equal both in mass and light and the system formed by them is transported towards us with a speed of some sixteen miles a second the line shifting so singularly communicative proceed in this star with perfect regularity this new class of spectroscopic binaries could never have been visually disclosed the distance of beta aurigae from the earth as determined somewhat doubtfully by professor pritchard is nearly three and a third million times that of the earth from the sun parallax equals zero point zero six minutes whence it has been calculated that the greatest angular separation of the revolving stars is only five thousandths of a second of arc to make this evanescent interval perceptible a telescope eighty feet in aperture would be required the zodiacal star spisa alpha Virginus was announced by dr vogel april twenty fourth eighteen ninety to belong to the novel category with the difference however of possessing a nearly dark instead of a brilliantly lustrous companion in this case accordingly the tell-tale spectroscopic variations consist merely in a slight swinging to and fro of single lines no second spectrum leaves a legible trace on the plate spisa revolves in four days at the rate of fifty-seven miles a second or quicker in proportion as its orbit is more inclined to the line of sight round a centre at a minimum distance of three millions of miles but the position of the second star being unknown the mass of the system remains indeterminate the lesser component of the splendid slowly revolving binary castor is also closely double its spectral lines were found by Belopovsky in eighteen ninety six to oscillate once in nearly three days the secondary globe being apparently quite obscure further study of the movements thus betrayed elicited the fact that the major axis of the eclipse traversed 
revolves in a period of two thousand one hundred days as a consequence most likely of the flattened shape of the stars still more unexpected was the simultaneous assignment by campbell and newell of a duplex character to capella here both components shine though with a different quality of light one giving a pure solar spectrum the other claiming prismatic affinity with procyon their mutual circulation is performed in one hundred and four days and the radius of their orbit cannot be less and may be a great deal more than fifty one million miles hence the possibility is not excluded that the star which has an authentic parallax of zero point zero eight minutes may be visually resolved indeed signs of elongation were thought to be perceptible with the greenwich twenty eight inch refractor while only round images could be seen at lick another noteworthy case is that of polaris found by campbell to have certainly one and probably two obscure attendants through his systematic investigations of stellar radial velocities with the mills spectrograph knowledge in this department has since eighteen ninety seven progressed so rapidly that the spectroscopic binaries of our acquaintance already number half a hundred and ten times as many more doubtless lie within easy range of detection now it is evident that a spectroscopic binary if the plane of its motion made a very small angle with the line of sight would be a variable star for during a few hours of each revolution some at least of its light should be cut off by a transit of its dusky companion such eclipse stars are actually found in the heavens the best and longest known member of the group is algol in the head of medusa the demon star of the arabs this remarkable object normally above the third magnitude loses and regains three-fifths of its light once in sixty-eight point eight hours the change being completed in about twelve hours its definite and limited nature and punctual recurrence suggested to goodrick of york by whom the periodicity of the star was discovered in seventeen eighty three the interposition of a large dark satellite but the conditions involved by the explanation were first seriously investigated by pickering in eighteen eighty he found that the phenomena could be satisfactorily accounted for by supposing an obscure body zero point seven six four the bright star's diameter to revolve round it in a period identical with that of its observed variation this theoretical forecast was verified with singular exactitude at potsdam in eighteen eighty nine a series of spectral photographs taken there showed each of algol's minima to be preceded by a rapid recession from the earth and succeeded by a rapid movement of approach towards it they take place accordingly when the star is at the furthest point from ourselves of an orbit described round an invisible companion the transits of which across its disk betray themselves to notice by the luminous vicissitudes they occasion the diameter of this orbit traversed at the rate of twenty six miles a second is just two million miles and it is an easy further inference from the duration and extent of the phases exhibited that algol itself must be in round numbers one million its attendant eight hundred and thirty thousand miles in diameter 
assuming both to be of the same density vogel found their respective masses to be four ninths and two ninths that of the sun and their distance asunder to be three million two hundred and thirty thousand miles this singularly assorted pair of stars possibly form part of a larger system their period of revolution is shorter now by six seconds than it was in goodrick's time and dr chandler has shown by an exhaustive discussion that its inequalities are comprised in a cycle of about one hundred and thirty years they arise in his view from a common revolution in that period of the close couple about a third distant body emitting little or no light in an orbit inclined twenty degrees to our line of vision and of approximately the size of that described by uranus round the sun the time spent by light in crossing this orbit causes an apparent delay in the phases of the variable when algol and its eclipsing satellite are on its further side from ourselves balanced by acceleration while they traverse its hither side dr chandler derives confirmation for his plausible and ingenious theory from a supposed undulation in the line traced out by algol's small proper motion but the reality of this disturbance has yet to be established meanwhile m tisserand late director of the paris observatory preferred to account for algol's inequalities on the principle later applied by belopolsky to those of castor that is to say he assumed a revolving line of apsides in an elliptical orbit traversed by a pretty strongly compressed pair of globes the truth of this hypothesis can be tested by close observation of the phases of the star during the next few years the variable in the head of medusa is the exemplar of a class including twenty-six recognized members all of which doubtless represent occulting combinations of stars but their occultations result merely from the accident of their orbital planes passing through our line of sight hence the heavens must contain numerous systems similarly constituted though otherwise situated as regards ourselves some of which like spisa where genus will become known through their spectroscopic changes while others because revolving in planes nearly tangent to the sphere or at right angles to the visual line may never disclose to us their true nature among eclipsing stars should probably be reckoned the peculiar variables beta lyri and v puppis each believed to consist of a pair of bright stars revolving almost in contact three stars on the other hand distinguished by rapid and regular fluctuations have been proved by belopolsky to be attended by non-occulting satellites which circulate nevertheless in the identical periods of light change gore's catalogue of known variables included in eighteen eighty four one hundred and ninety entries and the number was augmented to two hundred and forty three on its revision in eighteen eighty eight chandler's first list of two hundred and twenty five such objects published about the same time received successive expansions in eighteen ninety three and eighteen ninety six and finally included four hundred entries a new catalogue of variable stars still wider in scope will shortly be issued by the german astronomische gesellschaft 
mr a w roberts's researches on southern variables have greatly helped to give precision while adding to the extent of knowledge in this branch dr gould held the opinion that most stars fluctuate slightly in brightness through surface alterations similar to but on a larger scale than those of the sun and the solar analogy might be pushed somewhat further it perhaps affords a clue to much that is perplexing in stellar behaviour wolf pointed out in eighteen fifty two the striking resemblance in character between curves representing sun-spot frequency and curves representing the changing luminous intensity of many variable stars there were the same steep ascent to maximum and more gradual decline to minimum the same irregularities in heights and hollows and it may be added the same tendency to a double maximum and complexity of superposed periods it is impossible to compare the two sets of phenomena thus graphically portrayed without reaching the conclusion that they are of closely related origin but the correspondence indicated is not as has often been hastily assumed between maxima of some spots and minima of stellar brightness but just the reverse the luminous outbursts not the obscurations of variable stars obey a law analogous to that governing the development of spots on the sun objects of the kind do not then gain light through the closing up of dusky chasms in their photospheres but by an actual increase of surface brilliancy together with an immense growth of these brilliant formations prominences and faculae which in the sun accompany or are appended to spots a comparison of light curves with curves of spot frequency leaves no doubt on this point and the strongest corroborative evidence is derived from the emergence of bright lines in the spectra of long period variables rising to their recurring maxima End of chapter twelve part two